Welcome to the Business Meet Soul podcast. I'm your host, Tara Hegarty, and on this show, you can expect powerful soul-shifting conversations to help you effortlessly expand, align your energy, and unlock your infinite potential in life and business. Because your definition of success isn't determined by an endpoint or goal. For you, success is the byproduct of being who you are, doing what you love, and living in alignment with your soul. Are you ready to anchor into deeper layers of abundance, service, and freedom together? Let's dive in. So welcome to Business Meets Soul, where we delve into the extraordinary stories and insights of visionaries shaping the world of holistic healing. Today, we're honoured to have with us Ian White, the founder of Australian Bushflower Essences, a fifth generation Australian herbalist and an author dedicated to the integration of Australian bushflower essences into everyday life. Ian's journey began in the heart of the Australian bush under the guidance of his grandmother, whose wisdom and teachings ignited his passion for the healing power of plants. Today, we're going to explore Ian's unique upbringing, the path that led him to the creation of Australian bushflower essences, and his vision to share the essences of Australian bushflowers worldwide. Welcome, Ian. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Tara. I'm very grateful to be here. I'm really looking forward to chatting more about how flower essences can support us, but also how this translates for business owners in the health and wellness industry too. But first, Ian, can you share a little bit more about your relationship with your grandmother? It seems like it's such a special connection there. What was it like growing up with her, learning about the medicine of the Australian bush? Oh, it was, it was a lot of fun. And for those who know Sydney a little bit, I grew up in Terry Hills. In fact, our offices are still here in Terry Hills now. And I live next door to my grandmother. And our properties, my parents and her property, backed onto National Park. And so, you know, she was one of the first white people along with her mother, my great-grandmother, doing a lot of research into Australian plants and their medicinal properties. And um, so I'd go with her on bushwalks. She'd point out various plants, what they were using them for. Um, yeah, it was just nice being out in the bush. I'd help her make up the fluid extracts and the herbal tinctures. In fact, it was so much more fun. I used to um, uh, wait till my father. He was a pharmacist, but also as a herbalist. And he'd, he'd go off to work. My mum was a softer touch and I'd be doubled up in pain, pleading her with, I really wanted to go to school. And she said, oh, I think you're too sick. You better spend the day with your grandmother. And, um, you know, I'd make these miraculous recoveries as soon as I worked out mum had gone off to work. And I think my grandmother really enjoyed having me around. And, and then, you know, mum would get back from work and she'd go to pick me up and she'd say, oh, how was Ian? And she, my grandmother would say, oh, gradually he got better during the day. <laughs> oh, you know, like I, I missed a lot of school, but I had a lot of fun with my grandmother. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. And did you just go exploring the bush behind you? Or? Yeah, so our, our, mm. just go to the end of our, our property and we'd go into, you know, the National Park there. And so, you know, when the days I did go to school, you know, we'd come home, we'd be, my brother and I would be let out um, at the at the gates and we'd, you know, wander out till it got dark and come back in for, for dinner. You know, and, and I think that was the joy that, you know, today people are a bit worried that snakes or children being kidnapped, but back then it was like, yeah, pretty 
critics said it was quite okay. <laughs> so, you know, we'd just be out in the bush exploring, having a great time. There were creeks to swim in and things like that. Uh, and there's this, there's this collective drive at the moment to really connect more with the land, isn't there, to really allow nature to, to guide us in life. And it has so much to teach us. And to have ancestors and grandparents, you know, share their knowledge is uh, fundamental so that, like, that wisdom just doesn't get lost. So I admire that you've transformed the way we work with nature and how we're able to bring this into our families, into our homes, into our spaces in a really practical and tangible way. So can you share a little bit more about your own um, self-healing journey? Is there is this where your passion for plants really started to take off? Well, unfortunately, my my uh, grandmother had cancer. She was a heavy smoker and, you know, she kept at bay with a lot of plants and herbs and she went travelling to Europe, got separated from all the luggage with all the herbs in. So by the time my dad could, you know, get all the herbs across to her, the stress of travelling, she went into a coma and nothing was written down. My great-grandmother already passed away. So a lot of that knowledge was lost. So you know, I ended up going off to university um, you know, I, I think the legacy I got from my grandmother was that there are all these healing plants in the bush. Anyway, I, you know, end of first year university, I went traveling off to India, got very sick, came back physically, emotionally, not in a very good shape. And, you know, I'd lost a lot of weight, skinny arms and legs, a pot belly, you know, with, mm. with dysentery. And, you know, my, my family tried to feed me all this food, put all the weight back on. I had no energy to burn it off. So, you know, like three months later, I'm still got skinny arms and legs and a bigger pot belly. So then I thought I've got to do something. So I started really working a lot with um, yoga, Tai Chi, getting back into herbal medicine, taking lots of herbs, rebuilding my health. And at that point, I think I realized, uh, you know, like, this is really important. And I was trying to incorporate that into my science degree. And when I finished my degree, I realized what I really was interested in was natural remedies. So I went and studied naturopathy. And that's where I came across um, the bark flowers. And I thought, oh, why isn't someone working with Australian plants, knowing from my grandmother all these healing powers they had and how potent they were? Mm-hmm. And no one was. And, you know, like I uh, graduated, I was predominantly a homeopath. I used to like giving. Uh, the flower essences because they were safe anyone could use them and then a very dear friend I shared a house with a student he was diagnosed with bowel cancer so I set up a healing circle for all our friends before they operated on him and um, you know they opened him up a young man early 30s charismatic successful last person you think would have a serious illness Mm -hmm. and the cancer was everywhere and there was nothing they were able to do for him so I kept the healing circles uh, weekly for Jim and anyone else who needed healing. And shortly after he died, about six months later, in the meditations we did in part of the healing circle before you know, directing the energy, I started getting pictures of plants, told where to go and make them up and what their qualities were. Mm. And, you know, what I thought was a nice touch, if I didn't know the plant, there'd be a little caption underneath with the botanic name. So it was like presented on a platter for me and I was established in my practice and so you know if I had to you know they'd say flannel flower go and you know this is the best place to make it up I thought oh, I've never seen flannel flowers there I'd go there was a mass of flannel flowers mm. and because I already had my practice if I made a remedy up that morning the patients coming in say that afternoon or evening all needed that remedy so it was like <laughs> gave me the opportunity to say well 
doesn't work, doesn't do all the things I'm told, got in meditation it does, and also that synchronicity that they come all needing that particular essence. So I think for two years I just was out in the bush every day and, you know, I think I came up with the first um, 30 remedies in that two years and gradually, you know, we've now increased that to 70, but this is, you know, 35 years later. Yeah, what an incredible and isn't it amazing how much information you can receive through meditation and, you know, um, being able to receive that guidance. Do you think at any point that was your grandmother at all coming through and sharing? Oh, absolutely. And like I I know, um, you know, some of my guides as an Aboriginal guide, we've spent lifetimes together and it's like, you know, make sure I don't get lost out in the (laughs) wandering or keep safe. And, you know, I feel the presence of my grandmother. Mm. There's a, uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners would know of Hildegard von Bingen, and mm. you know her music is still being played today. She was probably the first um, record of someone in Europe working with flower essence, and you get the nuns to lay muslin sheets out over the flowers at night. Mm. She was an abbess running a monastery, and the nuns would collect the sheets in the morning after absorbing the dew of the flowers, and they'd wring it out. And they'd use that due to treat people's, you know, emotional problems. And once I got a meditation that, you know, Hildegard came through and said, you know, I was to go to where her old monastery was. It's about an hour west of Frankfurt, Germany, and go to where the um, the altar originally was and she had something for me. And when I got there, um, just if you get the chance to go there, it's a really high energy place. It's it's ruins that I think the Swedes, you know, destroyed it in the 17th century, and she was around in the the uh, the 11th century. But you know, she there were two stones I was told to collect from near the altar, and then when making the essences, um, to leave one of the stones there. And I've really got a strong sense of her presence too. Mm. You know, when making the essence, and, you know, when I'm making an essence, you know, I'm calling a lot of spiritual beings for their help and cooperation yeah. in making the plants as well. And I, yeah. you know, I feel my grandmother there as well. Yeah. yeah, amazing. What a what a beautiful experience. It's like the alchemy of the herbs, the alchemy of your guides, the alchemy of your knowledge all kind of coming together for that that one process. How how very special, Ian. That yeah, very, very special. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I'm curious, and I'm sure many of our listeners might be curious about how flower essences work. Uh, I know that they're vibrational, meaning that they're constantly sending out healing signals and vibrations. Can you share your explanation of this unique healing modality with us? I'll give you a lovely description by Edward Bach, who was probably the modern rediscoverer of flower essence, even though they go back thousands of years. Yeah. Then I'll give you a little bit more of a a metaphysical understanding of how they work. So Bach's Mm -hmm. understanding was that when you're taking a remedy, let's say you've got a lot of anger and rage, what Mm. the essence does is really flooding your being with that positive opposite vibration, that love, forgiveness vibration. So I think it's a a nice analogy to see things flooding through. Mm. Um, The other way that, let's say, you know, you've got drops, you're taking them drops under your tongue, which is pretty standard way for most flower essences. Now, the drops will go under your tongue into your bloodstream. They'll then go into the digestive system, and from there they go out into uh, the nervous system. And then from there they go to meridians. 
And, you know, meridians like energy pathways in the body where the acupuncture is sticking their needles. Now, in the meridians, there's portals. And the silica in our body, such as hair and nails, is an amplifier. So in radios, for example, they've got a quartz crystal, which is the amplifier sending mm. out frequency so we can mm -hmm. hear the music, etc. And the silica in our body is the same. It's an amplifier. So it's through the portals in the meridians, that vibration is then broadcasted out to our subtle body. So we've got our physical body, but we've got the six subtle bodies, astral, etheric, mm. mental, emotional bodies. And let, let's say you have been very jealous or, you know, say your neighbor's got a new car. If you look at that person's aura, you'll see a, a murky green mm. as opposed to someone doing a lot of healing is a very pure green. Now, the that energy helping to release and clear that emotion of the, say, the jealousy will start filtering out on the subtle body where we're holding it. Now, if you've been jealous or angry for a really long time, what happens is that it stayed in your aura such a long time, it started then to go back in and, and impact you on a physical level. So there was, you know, the... Um, Kevin Rudd, the former Australian Prime Minister, when he got deposed as from the Prime Ministership by his own party, there was a shot of him a couple of days later sitting in the backbench. And, you know, you could feel the rage that was just oozing out of every pore in his photo, even on the still photo. Mm -hmm. And a few days after that, he had to get his gallbladder taken out. Yeah. In Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic, they say, well, anger and rage is connected to your gallbladder. All the different emotions will impact different parts of your body. And, you know, he had a reputation for being quite a cranky character. So there's a lot of rage. And, you know, like it gets that point that if you keep those emotions too long in your aura, they'll come in and then you'll end up with physical symptoms. Mm -hmm. So the beauty of the flower essences is by addressing the anger, the jealousy or the fears or the self-esteem, the grief, then it doesn't have to come in and work on the physical. Mm. But they also give you, like, you know, we've been donating a lot of the essences to, to orphanages in South America, especially Brazil. And when we started this work, on average, the children were getting six cases of bronchitis each year. You know, they're getting a lot of antibiotics, which is costing the government a lot of money. And obviously, they're not happy if they're getting sick that much. And we think, oh, what's the emotion with lungs? And according to Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine for thousands of years observing people, they say, you know, grief and sadness are connected to your lungs. So mm -hmm. here we have children whose parents are dead or they're in jail or they're, you know, drug addicts or they're not wanting to look after the kids. So these children you know, very abandoned. There's a lot of grief and sadness. So we're getting all these lung problems. And so after a year of, you know, working with the essences with children, the orphanages, the incidence of the bronchitis had dropped to less than one case per child per year. Mm, so, yeah. which is great for them and not costing the government much as much money, but they're also the children are happy. That's why they're not getting sick as much. They're resolving some of that abandonment and the mm. issues they have with, you know, their biological mums and dads not being able to be there for them. Mm. So, yeah, so it's, um, 
So that's sitting at a, a cellular level and they're probably clearing some of that ancestral patterns as well that are sitting within yeah. their system too. And so... As well as dealing with those basic raw emotions. That's right. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, question, Ian, uh, with the actual healing properties of the plants themselves, yeah. um, how do you make the connections with the flowers? Like... Uh, I am curious because there's this great, uh, what's it called, um, plant wave where you can actually at uh, attach like um, these little electrodes to the plants and you can hear and you can actually hear the, the plants actually coming through and the frequencies that are coming through and each plant has a different frequency. Mm. And obviously, you know, the same applies with flower essences. They all have different and vibrations. Um, how do you make the connections of the flowers and that specific healing property? Like, you know, for instance, um, oh, what's one that I'm working with a lot lately? It's pawpaw, like, you know, the pawpaw, and that's like there to help with overwhelm and unable to kind of resolve a lot of problems. Like how, how do you make that connection then to the emotional side and their healing properties? Mm. So Paracelsus, who also used to work with um, flower essence, he collected the dew of the plants directly to give to patients. Mm. He was a major figure in medicine in Europe in the 16th century, 15th, 16th century. And he popularised the term, had been known a long time before that, mm. but popularised this term, which the herbalist has called the doctrine of signatures. And that's where the shape, the colour, the location of the plant are all clues nature is giving as mm. to the healing quality of that. So you mentioned pawpaw. Yeah. Look at the pawpaw tree. It's got a very narrow stem. It doesn't branch till it gets to the very top. And then you've got these big ponderous fruits hanging off it. Mm. And it's like very top heavy. And when you're in overwhelm, it's like, oh, there's so much going on and you don't know what to do. And, and that's very much the doctrine of signatures of, you know, so top-heavy, so much going on in your head and these big fruits, which are like our big problems or things we're getting overwhelmed with. So um, another example could be, you know, the Waratah. It's mm. got that beautiful heart shape and the red. And, mm. you know, we've had priests come and do the workshop and then they say, oh, this is like the sacred heart of Jesus for them, for them, mm. for example. And yeah. It, it's working for that black night of the soul when you need that courage and strength. And yeah. um, on a physical level, it's also been used a lot by cardiologists because it's working so much on the heart. And yeah, uh, you know, and that's the that's the logo of your uh, Australian bushflower essences as well. Is that why you chose the flower as the logo? Yeah. It was more at, at the time. This was like back in the um, early eighties. That you know, humanity is going to be going through lots of change and you know the waratah gives you that great strength it's for that black night of the soul to give you that strength for coping with all the things you're going to go through in, in your life yeah oh and haven't we been moving through some of that lately so <laughs> <laughs> we all and so we all strive for that 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 yeah. harmony isn't it that inner peace and that maintaining that homeostasis and and what a beautiful symbol to carry the business and its mission in the world you know yeah and <laughs> I think most uh, Australian people, if they hadn't, you know, picked one of their favourite native flowers, I mean, we wore it It shouldn't be yeah. an emblem because it doesn't grow in every state. They went for the ubiquitous wattle. So. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. 
Yeah, and and you know, you mentioned the tumultuous time. Like mm. when I started doing my naturopathy, I also studied numerology. And you know, this year, two thousand twenty-three, it's a universal seven year, which is you know a very challenging year. If there's things you're not learning, it'll really come up in your face. Mm. And, um, you know, so I think people have been really processing, clearing quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I've been using um, the space clearing essence quite a lot lately too, um, particularly before a lot of my client um, sessions. And, and what I've actually noticed is that a lot of the spiritual entrepreneurs and, and wellness practitioners are burning out. They are feeling depleted and they are needing the, that extra support for themselves to continue the work they're doing. Uh, and I guess it's, you know, we're all human. We all have those days that wipe us. And I believe, you know, creating a space of of safety where you feel safe and secure in your body is really crucial for the collective to kind of um, work through. And as I mentioned, I kind of have my personal go-tos and I use them as my daily rituals. I use them for my client sessions. Um, so even from that space clearing that I mentioned before to even the, the essences, I've got your whole box of um, 70 um, bushflower essences as well that I use. And every time I share them, I mentioned it before, I just get flooded with all these questions. People are so curious to understand about um, more about flower essences. And, and I wanted to talk to you about a couple of ways in which like practitioners can support themselves using bushflower essences. So if I was like a spiritual entrepreneur, um, I was experiencing a lot of doubts, um, worries and stuckness. What would you kind of recommend on a, on a daily basis for them? Look, there's, there's a couple because I, I mentioned some of them are probably doing healing work as well. Yeah. So there is a, a combination which is made up of a, a number of the remedies which make of, of individual essences mm. and it's called carers. And there's mm -hmm. one there, Alpine Mint Bush. Mm -hmm. And it's a great one. It's almost like a little tap on the shoulder. If you're doing healing work, like, you know, I recommend healers take at least, you know, once for two weeks a year. And it's like, oh, am I having enough time? Am I getting too narrow focus? Because a lot of healers, they'll start off, they've got a lot of friends and different areas. They may have got different hobbies. And over time, they get more and more narrowed. Most of their friends are in the same, you know, doing the same type of work, for example, and they haven't got as much time for some of the other things. Mm. And, you know, some some people in the spiritual realm, like, oh, I, I never take a holiday. So many people who need me, which is not a very healthy thing. So it's like making sure, like, I'm having a break, you know, like, am I got some outside activities? Am I, you know, putting some boundaries up so that I've, you know, not interfering too much with my home personal space as well? Like, you know, like some some people say, oh, yeah, anytime, give me a call. And you're getting calls 10.30 at night, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's definitely some common themes there for a lot of spiritual yeah. practitioners. We and all need to work on our boundaries. <laughs> the other one is is calm and clear, which I think is ah, a yes. really nice one, especially yeah. at the end of the day. Like, you know, especially if you're not sleeping well, and mm. some of that could be, you know, problems. That the other thing is, of course, you're not just getting to bed early enough. Like, it's so many interesting things, and you go down a YouTube channel, or you're watching Gaia or TV, and oh, that was interesting. Let's watch another one, and it's like, oh, it's one o'clock. I've got to get up at six in the morning. You know, so so yeah. calm and clear is just like okay, just just chill out a little bit more. It's got the pour pour in you mentioned for the overwhelm. Yeah. It's also got little flannel flower for that playful, having fun and, and you know, relaxing a little bit more. And yeah. a key one is Black Eyed Susan, always busy yes. trying to cram in lots yes. of things. Just one more thing, you know. So <laughs> what that'll do, like if you don't 
chill out and and look after self and then you end up getting burnt out as you said like that yeah. yeah, yes. Um, the black eyed Susan and even the, um, turkey bush has been coming a lot, um, from that creative blocks and, um, not believing in their own creative abilities, um, has been coming a lot, up a lot too. So thank you for sharing. That's wonderful. I want to talk about on the other side of the fence for many of the clients, like we mentioned, there's, um, you know, a lot, especially coming up to, to Christmas, you know, I feel like just reflecting on last year, a lot of people are feeling that they want to stop and finish earlier this year. Uh, and, and it's really interesting because I remember people were working right up to around December last year, but this year they're like, it hits November and they're like, I'm done. I, I can't keep going. I'm so I'm stop. So I'm finding that really interesting. And I, I know you have such a passion for bringing a lot of these flower essences into the homes with the children and making it so much more accessible. And I know you've got a lot of sprays. Um, you've got a lot of kids combinations as well. Can you share a little bit um, more? about what blends might actually help support people's nervous systems at the moment yep yep Mm. I I think if someone's feeling you know like I'm just weary I'm exhausted I'm burnt out then there's a combination called dynamis yeah and it's really good there's there's a I went across to Western Australia uh, a few weeks ago to make up macro carpets the biggest um flower of all the eucalypts something like 800 eucalypts big red flower and it's um, very hard to find last two trips you know i haven't found it in flower there's been different issues with it so this time was very good that was fully out got all the essence and it's working on adrenal so that burnout mm. and also for sometimes people feel i just don't feel quite right anymore or i'm just don't you know like i'm i don't feel like my old so i haven't got i've lost a bit of warmth so the dynamis is a, is a really nice one. Mm. End of the year, people feeling um, that that exhaustion as well. Mm. And, you know, sometimes you, you mentioned the children too. It, it's yeah. great to have a bottle of emergency essence around because the children mm. pick up very much what's going on with the parents. You know, they're, they're like little psychic sponges. Yes. So the emergency is a really good one. If, if dad's upset or mum's upset or something like that, they can still stay calm within themselves and they're not. It's got a flower called fringe bark, so it doesn't pick up the energy of the people around them because, you know, with the numerology, everyone born this millennium has got a two in their birth date. Yeah. So, you know, you, you think of someone born today you know, you've got December and then you've got 2023. So they've got, le- you know, at least three twos in the birthday. And the more twos you have, the more you pick up energies. If someone's sad, they start feeling sad. If someone's angry, they start picking up that energy. Or So, you know, the emergency essence has the fringe vibe. It's also in your space clearing you mentioned, you know, spraying the environments to clear it when it's been stressful or patients pouring out their problems in the sessions, you know, spray the space clearing, shift that energy. Yeah. And for all your entrepreneurs, the abundance could be a nice one for the year. Next year, we're going to a year eight, which is a good financial one. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, emergency blend and has been uh, an absolute lifesaver for me. My son went through, uh, he had his tonsils removed. I did everything we could just to avoid surgery, but it was, it was, uh, we realized he wasn't thriving. And I remember going and going, Oh, I need that emergency essence. And it's been an absolute lifesaver for him, for me. 
Um, I was spraying it in the hospital. Uh, I was spraying it overnight just to keep him um, and my kind of fears and really help bring that calming space and sensation into into our environment. And it was it was such his recovery was so quick. And I was so grateful to be able to have that on hand and um, feel like, you know, as a mum, sometimes you feel like you, especially in the medical scenario, you feel like you're giving your power away. It's really hard. So by having that essence, you felt like, oh, I feel so much more empowered that I can help my my children through this and, and myself through this as well. So uh, that I, I can't stress how pivotal that's been in in my world. You know, that that's so... Um you know, rewarding for me to hear how you've been able to use it, you know, with your family, because I think my goal originally when I started my work was that let's get this information out so every household will will have them and so the children can be brought up with essences when they're going through things like that, when they've got to go to hospital and separate from their parents or having learning problems or, you know, maybe their grandmother has died or all the different things, you know, children go through that, there's the essences just to, to help them. They're safe, no side effects. And, you know, like in the workshops, I, I tell people, how many people got brought up with flower essences? And like occasionally a couple of people put their hand up and I said to everyone else, think of all the things you went through in your own childhood. How much easier would it have been if, that, if your parents had known about flower essences mm. and could have helped you through that? Yeah, mm. yeah, it's an essential tool. And, you know, through that pearl process, I felt very uneasy and I needed that nurturing for myself so I could then support my son. And that's what it provided me. And it provided me the the opportunity to come from a really centered, calm space so I could be there for my son through that whole process. So thank you. Uh, I, I truly appreciate it. As we wrap up, I really want to express how people are always looking for unique gift ideas. I have an opportunity to share the Australian Bushflower Essences website here because it's somewhere that you can easily find all these essences that we've talked about today. They're available for purchase online. And he, there's some great gift packs as well. I know you have a lot of sprays. Um, there's also organic cosmetics as well too. With the bush essences in them. Yeah. Yes. yeah, and the kids combinations that we're talking about, um, stock kits, um, which are great for practitioners. And I'll link to the show notes so that you can get direct access to these. And if you order before uh, the 11th of December, you'll receive these in time for Christmas. So thank you so very much, Ian. It was an absolute pleasure learning more about flower essences and their unique properties. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much for having me on, Tara. Appreciate it, Ian. Take care. Thank you. that concludes today's conversation. If it lifted your spirit or touched your soul, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a review and subscribe to this podcast so that more souls can be impacted by these life-changing conversations. And if you're not ready for this episode to end, head over to tarahegarty.com to get the show notes for today's episode. I love you so much and thank you for being here. I'll see you next week for another episode of Business Meets Soul.